hello everybody. This is Lucy Ross with Like a Boss Girls and I'm here today with Jessica Bruzanitti. Hello, Jessica. Hi, Lucy. For those of you who are new to Mind of a Mentor, this is really just an informal conversation between me and a pretty badass woman who is really defining a version of success for herself and what this series is mostly about is struggle to success, right? So we want to talk with people about the before right and the struggle and perhaps how that like helped them get where they are it's not because they were strife free it's because of that so Jessica thank you so much for being with us no problem my pleasure so as people can probably note you are Australian yes (laughs) so tell us about how you're now in New York and how art is like the path that you're on uh so I did a bachelor of fine art back in Melbourne Uh, And I graduated in 2012. And then I luckily have dual citizenship uh, through my mother. So I graduated and I took a little bit of a break straight after school and went on trip with my best friend. And then when I got back and tried to get my foot in the door in Melbourne, um, I was volunteering and doing work in a couple of galleries around the city, but I was finding it really hard to really find permanent uh, full-time work in the art industry. So I just decided to send some resumes out, you know, this way and see what the response was. Uh, And I was definitely getting more bite uh, out here. So I just thought I'll see how it goes. And if it doesn't work out, I can always go home. So that's kind of what prompted me. I didn't even have anything lined up specifically except a couple of interviews when I first came over. So it's really just a leap of faith. Oh my gosh, that is freaking fantastic. A leap of faith. Like to move, what is the difference between Australia and here? 15 hours or something? Uh, about 16 to Melbourne, I think. Yeah. 16 <laughs> hours. And like to make the jump to a totally new place, I assume you didn't have many connections in New York. Is that true? No, like professionally, I didn't really know anyone actually. I was lucky enough that because my mom did grow up in New Jersey, I had my grandmother living there. So I at least had somewhere to sleep. So what was it like your first six months in New York? You come here, you've not been able to get your footing in in the art world in Australia. You're moving to a totally new place with no professional connections, but you do have your grandma in New Jersey. Um, And how did you navigate a new like culture, a new city, and kind of like, it sounds like you were flying by the seat of your pants and fate. Pretty much. (laughs) A lot of it, I mean, I think the volume here is a lot different. So that was encouraging to me. You know, I could go online and see hundreds of jobs that I can apply to. Whereas at home, the pool is just so much smaller. And here you have more competition, but it's still, you feel like you have more of a chance, at least if you have more options to look at. So I think the first six months were pretty hard. I ended up getting a job after about a month in New York. But it was, quote unquote, an unpaid internship that was 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> so, had one of those and it sent me into my first panic attack of my life. It, it's wrong, <laughs> these unpaid exploitation jobs. Yeah, definitely. And I think in the art world especially, I mean, it's so unregulated, really, like how they use interns. I'm sure it's similar in other industries as well. So I was working at a gallery on the Upper East Side full-time without pay. There was an understanding that it was going to be for about six months and then that I would progress to a paid position. So I basically put everything into 
after that job and I had had gallery experience in Melbourne so that was helpful and luckily they ended up starting to pay me after about four months so I shortened it a little (laughs) but um, it was definitely hard for those first four months uh, not being paid anything and trying to you know commute back and forth from New Jersey to New York be in the city socialize to try and build up a network so how did you manage stress because I imagine like having lived in New York for four years New York takes us a, a special kind of like wellness practice at least in my book like you have to honor yourself because it's like fast and furious stimulation constantly mm-hmm. so my first question is how did you manage stress and you know what were some of your self-care did you have self-care do you feel like you really let that slide I think in general I'm a person that performs better under stress I like deadlines and things like that so that was good but definitely I mean, I'm lucky that I had a good support network, even if they were half a world away. You know, I had my parents' support as well, because it's hard as well to, you know, if you're working full-time hours, to then also have another job to support yourself. So it was really just trying to take what I could get wherever opportunities came up. And the good thing about New York is that there's always great free events that are on and, you know, gallery openings and things are regular, so... That's definitely a good way to get out and meet people without having to spend a lot of money. Right. So take us through after you worked with them for a while, how did you Um, make this transition into being an art advisor? Yeah, it was definitely a long road. It took about two years in total. So from the gallery, I then uh, got an opportunity at MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, to work. uh, It was just front of house visitor services, which, I mean, to me, it wasn't ideal, but I thought it would be a stepping stone to other positions within the museum. And so that was a temp contract, but uh, I ended up getting it extended twice. So they were happy with my performance there. But uh, after working there for about six months, learning the way as well that museums operate and the structure, how it's different to working in a gallery. I think it was clear that it wasn't going to be a good option for career progress in terms of what I wanted to do because, you know, I could have probably worked there and become a lobby manager, but that wasn't my end goal. After my contract ended with them, I was then working in a a studio in Brooklyn with a couple from New Zealand, and it was a design studio kind of an integration of art and design so that was more of a hands-on experience compared to you know the previous jobs I'd done which was great for a while it was fun but it was kind of hard to make rent on and I think so I mean working in all these different parts of the industry though was valuable experience to me because it really gave me a good um, overview because coming out of art school especially like a fine art degree where you're practice space you really have no idea uh, of the industry so I think it was good to learn really where you fit in and what you like and what you don't like because I think a lot of people too when you finish art school everyone's like oh I'm either going to be an artist or I'm going to be a curator and it's like these two directions that you think that you have so after the studio uh, I mean obviously it was like basically a startup business so I just got a bit too difficult there for them as well so to be paying people so it was easier for them to utilize interns we were all pretty much on the same page and it was obvious you know the direction that things were heading so it wasn't too much of a shock and it just kind of came to a natural end where it was like I'd already started just looking at other options before we'd even got to that point and they knew that so 
yeah, it was it was actually not it was fine. We ended on good terms. So then, how did you transition from that, and where do you go next? To be honest, it was a little bit of a rough patch. Uh, I started. I got a tip off one of the guys that I was working with at the studio who was also from New Zealand. I feel the New Zealand and Australian community is pretty tight in New York. And there was this Aussie cafe that had opened that I think half of the Australians that moved to New York end up working in at some point. <laughs> so I did a stint at this uh, cafe just to pay the bills basically until I found something else. Um, yeah. But that was definitely a struggle for me mentally because I was feeling like I was wasting time and it's not like it was, you know, great money anyway so it was just a struggle and it was definitely hard to stay motivated during that time and you know when I have people back home like my family you know thinking she should just come back you know it's probably easier. So then you, you say it was hard but how did you stick with it like you just kept applying places or you know how I did you navigate I'm also really stubborn so <laughs> <laughs> like to stop if I know I can do something I didn't I wasn't done yet I knew it was hard but I wasn't ready to leave and throw in the towel and I ended up then taking a job which was definitely out of my comfort zone and not something I'd ever considered before but uh, I found a way to swing it in my mind it was working as a carer with two twins that had cerebral palsy and one of them she she made art she did painting and she would go to a studio once or twice a week down in Chelsea and basically uh, I would help her facilitate her making so to me that was close enough for the time being until I found something else. Did you feel like you learned anything from that experience that you weren't expecting to gain? Like, um, Yeah, I think it was the first time I've ever really had any exposure to people living with those conditions. So I think to it, it's hard when you're working in that situation as well because you get very close with the people. So it's hard sometimes to know where the line is between like work and friends and because that ended a bit abruptly because I actually injured my back from wow. lifting. Yeah, there's um, a lot. You have to be really strong. My friend does CrossFit to keep up. It kind of didn't work out for a few reasons. Uh, and then after that happened uh, I, I, and I couldn't be there and I had to have some time off. And I was glad at the time my mum happened to be visiting. So I was a bit depressed because I was had this back injury that I was going to chiropractor once or twice a week for wow. and then I had no job again. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely good to have my mom here. <laughs> Absolutely because like physical pain meets, you know, mental distress about, you know, career and life and meets financial stress. Like that must have been hard. And so I'm so glad you had your mama. What I really love about these conversations on Mind of a Mentor is like we get to hear about your career success, but we also try to dive a little deeper into personal life, right? Because they're mm. they're very much often interwoven and you know, our career and our awesomeness or our struggle is only one aspect of our lives. So would you tell us a bit about what was going on in your personal life? Well, I think the other good thing, um, when I finally, I probably lived in Jersey for, I think maybe the first five or six months. And then I moved into the city and again, just really took a chance on these three guys that I found on Craigslist <laughs> in an apartment in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> Three guys I took a chance on in Harlem from Craigslist. Yeah. I love it. 
And I remember calling my mum and saying, I found an apartment um, with these guys in Harlem. And she freaked out because her last memory of Harlem was from the 80s. It was definitely nerve-wracking uh, for her. <laughs> right. But um, it was definitely a good decision. There, Some of my best friends now here, um, we're still close. Uh, and I definitely met a lot of people through them as well, uh, which has been really valuable. You know, I started making some more friends through that, uh, living with, you know, different people. I met a guy maybe like around this time, the first year that I was in the city. And we, we were together probably about a year and a half, but it was a very uh, tumultuous relationship. It was both tumultuous like emotionally and in other ways or just like emotional toxicity? Yeah, I think we were together. It was just, it was volatile. Um, my On sister, both ends? Not really, just probably, I mean, it takes two people, I think, always, um, but it definitely took uh, a bad turn uh, at, towards the end. I mean, I was living with my sister for a time as well. She ended up moving to the city about six months after I did, and then once I moved to my second apartment in the city, she started living with me. You know, those, it was just a back-and-forth relationship, a lot of arguments, insecurities, and things like that, um, that kind of culminated to this one event where we had a bit of a domestic at my house. And wow. so that was in the first month of me working. And that was so stressful for me on a lot of levels as well because I was really trying to obviously make a good impression because I wanted, you know, the opportunity to work out. But also you don't want to bring drama to the workplace. But then also I was like, I have to tell them something because it was obviously affecting me. So I'm definitely grateful that we have a really safe working environment where I feel, I think everyone feels comfortable to share things personally as well. And everyone's very understanding. Which so how did you get back to a good place and do you feel like you're in a good place uh when that happened it wasn't like it wasn't over then it it probably was drawn out you know the breakup I guess for at least two months or something and I think that it's hard when you're in a relationship like that you tell yourself oh you know if I'd if I'd seen myself two years earlier and said like this is what you'd be dealing with I would have said no way I would never put up with that I think definitely my sister played a part. We joke around, but she can. She's a little bit protective, but I guess at that time it was it was probably what I needed. She was basically monitoring me 24/7, which during the time I was I hated her for it, but you know, just in my ear trying to kind of help me not continue to make the same choices and also my friendship networks like the guys that I lived with and uh, the girls that I was currently living with and people at work like they were all super supportive and listened to me day in and day out go back and forth in my mind about it because you know one minute I was like no this shouldn't be putting up with this and then other minutes it's like no I love him or whatever so back and forth yeah. constantly for a while and then I decided that I should probably get external help as well because I mean people in my life that were great but they're also biased so I started seeing a therapist probably about two months later that's freaking awesome um, I I'm so grateful to therapy I'm I think that everyone like therapy might not be for everybody but any sort of healing practice or format where they can you can process I highly encourage I think there's no shame in it and so I thank you for being open about that yeah I, I'm 
familiar with it. I've been, you know, when I was younger, come from divorced parents, and I think that's something that parents always make kids do when that happens. But it's different when you seek it out for yourself as well. That's been pretty helpful. I mean, I still go now. I feel, I mean, I've moved on from that part of my life, and I definitely feel like I'm in a great place now. But I think it's helpful regardless to continue to keep making good choices all around. Okay, so... Here, I love to ask our Mind of a Mentor guests more philosophical questions. So would you be down? Sure. All right. So I know this is a paradoxical question, but what would you tell your Jess of three years? So what would you tell Jess three years ago as a as a p- bit of wisdom? Probably, I mean, it probably sounds cliche, but just that it will work out. There were definitely times when I was doubting myself, but it would have been, you know, helpful to know that. It was, you know, a lot of times it felt like it was for nothing, but, you know, you Mm -hmm. get through it and then find it wasn't, but the time it definitely doesn't feel that way. (laughs) Yeah, kind of like this is temporary, like this, this too shall pass kind of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, So how do you define a successful day? I think work, I love going to work, so I always have a good day (laughs) at work that's awesome Um, it definitely feels better like when we're working on a project you know to see it finished uh, and the clients happy and to get good feedback from them it definitely feels good to have that pat on the back but also just uh doing all the other little things like getting through the day going to gym cooking my dinner like adulting (laughs) (laughs) so all right to round us out for our mind of a mentor with you jessica would you tell us if you have a guiding philosophy for your life is there a motto or a philosophy that you come back to (laughs) i don't think so i think i it's funny because I'm very practical in a lot of ways and I like organizing and to an extent planning, but then I can also, I'm also very impulsive, big G's, when I just have time to come here or (laughs) doing Mm -hmm. these other things. So I think, I don't know, I think that um, just going with my internal compass, like my gut feeling is generally steered me in the right direction. Even if at the time I wasn't 100% sure, I think you just have to trust your intuition. Yes, I love that. Trust your intuition. Go with those little glimmers of inkling. There's a great philosophy by Elizabeth Gilbert, the writer who wrote Big Magic, about like follow your curiosity. You don't even need to follow your passion because like, Sometimes it's like, oh, I feel like I don't have a passion. Like, you know, I feel like I like a little Mm -hmm. bit of everything. But if you just follow your curiosity, follow that little call or intuition, it it leads you to some pretty cool places. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for being with us. And I'm just excited to, to kind of keep hearing more, I hope, about this evolution that you're having in New York as a... as an art advisor and just a a woman who is doing it for yourself. Thank you, Lucy. It was really a pleasure. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic day. And I want to let you know, you can actually catch um, Jess on Instagram at four underscore arts underscore sake for art's sake. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.